0: coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. And I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's the founder of Growth Molecules, It's the one, the only, Amelia Danzica. Amelia, uh, again, your website is growthmolecules.com. Amelia, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Josh. All right, give us the overview. Tell us about what you do at Growth Molecules. We
1: focus primarily on software as a service. We help companies develop their strategy, their playbooks for what happens after someone purchases your product. The relationship is really only beginning at that moment. You want them to be a repeat client. You want them to be saying positive things about you, not only on social, but when people do behind the scenes checks. And so we help companies with everything in the go-to-market strategy post that moment they sign the agreement to be a partner with you.
0: Okay, so um, so I, and so, and tell me about like... Um, so the the your client is at what stage generally? Because if you've worked with some big companies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We have worked with large companies and with them, we're helping them redefine their strategy. Maybe their ideal customer profiles changed or they have a new product out. Maybe they are going through transformation with their teams. They have a new leader or lots of new employees. We have a customer success academy and 16 Mm -hmm. different courses that we take them through, teach them things like how do you apply emotional intelligence to a conversation? No longer is that a soft skill, but rather an essential skill. And then for the earlier stage companies, they may need a fractional leader to come in, build all of their processes, implement systems, hire their employees. We do that as well. Our Goal is to always have the most impact in a limited amount of time so that we can essentially replace ourselves with people who can continue where we've started off.
0: Yeah. So if I were to stereotype around a lot of SaaS companies is that they're very tech heavy. Um, A lot of times the founder maybe comes from a tech background. uh, And again, total stereotyping here. And not everyone's like this, uh, but I see a lot of... um, you know, very functional, uh, (laughs) very, uh, you know, engineer designed, uh, kind of applications, uh, and the user experience is usually there's, there's a lot of opportunity. (laughs) We'll just, we'll say that is, is that, am I sensing something that kind of exists out there? Uh, absolutely. Companies love priding themselves
1: right now. There's this jargon that's going around in the US. I was just in Europe at a B2B SaaS conference, B2B Rocks, and someone said something about product-led growth and said, how many people know what that means? And maybe half, half a dozen of us raised our hands. Oh, wow. And that's absolutely fine. He said you don't have to be product led to be successful. And the issue is that too many founders, like you stereotyped, focus so much on the product, they forget to focus on the client experience. And Bain and & Company put out a, a survey to companies and to, to the consumers and the buyers and said, how many of you think your customer experience with your current products are amazing? And the companies, they ask the same question, how do you believe you're delivering an optimal experience to your clients? 80% of companies surveyed prided themselves on, yes, we have the right experience. Mm -hmm. Yet on the opposite side, the users, 8% agreed with that statement. So 80 versus eight, there's a huge discrepancy on what the user's actually experiencing and what the client, the company thinks they're providing. And so that's, What we help them do, we help them bridge that gap.
0: Yeah, I see a lot of, um, you know, where it's really tough to do this kind of work um, without, you just really have to make the investments into either conversations, you know, with your clients. Um, But I think a lot of times, I mean, unless you have a, a serious, you know, wealth of knowledge, you know, and experience in, UX, it's, you know, it's, it's hard when you're inside the bottle uh, to, to truly grasp what it is. Whereas I think that you can kind of look at something from the outside looking in and go, ew what are you guys doing here? <laughs> Where's the engineers, like, I mean, it's, a, you know, or, you know, even the, you know, the, the, you know, the founder who this is her baby or his baby, you know, it's like, ah, you know, uh, it's perfect. We love it. It's a, you know, culmination of everything that we've done. And you don't know, you know, all of the, uh, you know, sacrifice we've made in order to get to this point, you know, and so it's hard for them you know, people that are emotionally attached to what they have to be objective. And you need that objectivity, at least the objectivity of your users uh, and the humility to be able to say, okay, we probably are guessing that our product sucks. Uh, You know, it's good, it's, it's got potential, but we have a lot of places to go with this.
1: Yes, if you're willing to admit that, you will get a lot farther faster and you'll be around longer. And I love the Drift story. They're those little chat bots when you land on a page that asks you, can I help you? And then it alerts someone in sales that they have someone interested in the product. And the one of the co-founders of Drift asks everyone to start in support whether you're an SVP or an engineer in support so that you really understand the customer experience. And I encourage all founders, you should be talking to your customers every week. It's the founders that take the time to talk to at least two to three customers a week that are in tune and going back to their teams and saying, we have to change process. We have to change experience. Something's broken and they're doing it proactively before it's too late.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are, what kind of questions should we be asking? Like what, what's the difference between, um, you know, I know, I don't know. I mean, it's easy to just like slap a survey, you know, in your, you know, customers, you know, if you have a SaaS platform there, their, uh, their, their, um, settings or, you know, their back office or whatever. Um, but that's not enough. Um, What are some ways that we could be much more proactive?
1: Yeah, so I'm so glad you said that, Josh, because honestly, too many companies send out those net promoter scores and those yeah. customer satisfaction surveys. Well, when you dig dig deep into that research the reality is only maybe three to 6% of your clients are actually responding. Oh yeah. What about the other 94%. And do you even know which type of customer is replying? Usually the happy ones, the passive ones, what are the, what about the ones that maybe have who are paying the most, but they're already checked out and looking at your competitors. Yeah. So I do believe that proactively reaching out based on the data usage metrics that you've identified as either growth opportunities or churn opportunities to be the ones that lead you to have a conversation with those customers and just be willing to listen. Just don't say anything. Let them talk. Let them walk you through it. I always say show a sense of gratitude, whether it's sending them a small gift card as a motion of, of a small token of appreciation or mm-hmm publicly thanking them on social something so that they know their time is valuable.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I think of me as a, um, you know, as a consumer and I'm busy and uh, no, I, I don't give a lot of my, my inner thoughts or what I'm like, maybe verbally saying to my screen, I I'm not, you know, it's like, ah, I could send them that information. Eh, it's too much time. I just need to get in and out of here. So yeah, it is. It's really tough. And I, I see so often, like you'll go to, a, a you know, even like a news website, you know, and they'll pop up, uh, you know, tell us about your experience. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. And so, yeah, it's, it is. It's It's quite a challenge. So growth molecules, what, is, what does engagement look like um, for you? And And wait a minute, I have to ask you this too. All right. Can you go ahead and do a little name dropping cuz I see some pretty popular logos of of, of clients and, and and folks that you've been able to work with. So I'll let you brag a little bit and then I want you I'd love uh, if you could uh, Amelia talk about what engagement looks like when you're working with uh, a startup or you know a company.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'll I'll just share some of the ones that we're proud of. Experity Health, they were recently acquired. They had, they've been around for a long time and they became very important, especially in the United States during the pandemic, suddenly everyone's going to urgent care and they're overwhelmed with people in the offices and what Experity offers is a platform to help these companies run their urgent care offices. So being able to go into this organization in person during COVID and educate the team on how to help them uh, better serve their clients these owners of businesses of these urgent cares most of them doctors it was really rewarding our our engagements are anywhere between four weeks and seven months but we really try to make them shorter because we don't want people so attached to us that they can't do it on their own eventually mm-hmm. we don't want our playbooks to be Uh, just created and then they're put on a shelf or in a drive that no one uses so we make everything with clients and to name drop companies like Gainsight they're the the largest leader in customer success they've been around for a long time. For a customer success company to hire us, for me, I am honored that our team works with them. Uh, Other ones will include Aurora Solar. They're disrupting the solar industry. They're they're well valued at over a billion dollars. And the one that I'm really proud of is Modern Health. They have turned upside down how you really help employees with their mental well-being and so they have an application and we went in and helped them build uh some of their programs to better serve their own brands so those are just some of them uh that we've worked with
0: yeah and and then usually amelia um like um and and by the way i'm curious especially you know for the um maybe the smaller companies, um, you know, that, uh, like, they, you know, maybe they have limited resources, they don't have a huge budget for this, but they really want to get this right. Um, What would you recommend for someone in that position?
1: Yes. So we want to make everything we do accessible to everyone. If you go to my LinkedIn, you'll see, I have hundreds of resources. So does our website, growthmolecules.com, not only free webinars, but blogs that are actionable, Uh, even a maturity assessment, they can download and really understand where is our business right now and where do we want to take it to next. And then I will add that we have an academy It's very affordable. Anyone can sign up and go through self-paced programs. Oh, that's cool. As well as weekly. So we are human. We seek connection. We want to be learning with others in a safe space. So we offer six week programs. It's a one hour investment a week and we have customer association certification that they can come out of this program. Uh, We, offer foundations and advanced customer success training. And we make it very affordable. It's uh, around $500 for each certificate, but they're Mm -hmm. not just a piece of paper, they're actionable. There's something you can take to a company and show them that you can actually lead a customer conversation that leads growth. And so that's what we're really proud of. And those are accessible to anyone at any time.
0: Yeah. So do do I find, do we find those at growthmolecules.com? Yes. And you just go to training. Oh, nice. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is like, listen, if, you know, if you are working with customers and, uh, you know, you you know, it's, it's a lot of what we're talking about is just not innate. Like they didn't teach you this stuff at, you know, coding school. So (laughs) You know, or, or, you know, uh, tech founder school, if there were such a thing, right? Uh, So this is really, really great. And again, the website is growthmolecules.com. Is there anything else that when someone goes to growthmolecules.com that you'd recommend that they take a look at?
1: If you are building a customer success team or, or just thinking about where do I invest my money? I have a webinar that they can watch on demand and it's about operations. I coach CEOs and chief customer officers, VPs of of operations. And too often they're thinking about investing in technology or just hiring more CSMs without looking at the bigger picture, the strategy and how do we scale it? And so I, I recorded a webinar on operationalizing your customer experience and it's a step-by-step guide on how to do that because you can have the best tech in the world but if it's not well implemented and your team isn't using the playbooks you've just wasted a lot of company money and too many oh yeah too many companies do that that's why uh, change management is a
0: multi-billion dollar industry my goodness! All right, so Emilia Danzica, again, you're the um, uh, best title for you, founder, right?
1: Founder, and I'm proud to say my my co-author and I wrote a book uh, yes. about pressing on as a tech. Yeah, mom. we're both moms, and we've we've held all sorts of positions in tech, and we need more uh-huh. women to stay in tech. There's been a huge exodus, especially during COVID, and so. We did a huge research project, Uh, we interviewed uh, a dozen women, which we feature, and then we surveyed over 300 women globally, and the book we wrote is uh, the outcome, not not to mention our own personal stories working in Silicon Valley and in the tech space
0: for over 20 years. Yeah. So the title is pressing on as a tech mom, how tech industry mothers set goals to find boundaries and raise the bar for success. The paperback and Kindle are both available on Amazon, uh, which uh, you can get to uh, the book, uh, it's, it should, I think it's, uh, where did I see? I saw it on your website, growth monkeys. Anyway, you could also just search it on Amazon, um, for pressing on as a tech mom and you'll find it there. You got a lot of good reviews, 75, five-star reviews and counting. So congratulations on that.
1: Yeah. Thank you. And I'll just say, it's not just for women. We've had, we had a lot of men, not only write reviews, but, um, read it in advance to make sure that everyone knows this is a book to empower people and for the men out there who are in leadership roles, you have the ability to lift others up and so we just wanted to give this resource out to people so that they know why moms should stay in tech and that we are the voice of these products that are being created because we're we're the consumers of them as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I get that. Um so again, pressing on as a tech mom is the book that's on Amazon. And then of course again, uh your website is growthmolecules.com. Amelia Danzica, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on your show, Josh.